Welcome to episode 20 of the Making a Mark Wrestling Podcast. This episode, we continue with women's wrestling, looking at the promotion Eve Pro Wrestling, who are a British-based female promotion. And the match we watched was Mako Satomura versus Kaylee Ray from their Wrestle Queendom event. Laura, your star rating for the match, please. Uh, it's gonna be high. I'm still, I'm still struggling right now because, like, I kind of I want to give it a five, but then I also feel like it's not quite at the level of the the only other match. Or do like I have given a five, so. How about four point seven five? Sure, because like the, I only had one real major like criticism, but then at the end they managed to like turn that around and kind of make it work for them, and it became part of like the story. So I don't, I don't know anymore. But yeah, I really liked it because the wrestling was really interesting and a good combination of like technical wrestling athleticism there was even like some gymnastic elements in this one that you don't see very often but as well as some moves that just had the kind of like strength and power you also expect when you watch men's wrestling uh they were both like really respectful of each other yet still like super you know aggressive competitive like not sacrificing the 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 drama of the match per se i really liked the commentators in this one a lot they had a good crowd camera work was pretty good so yeah we'll give it a 4.75 i guess see i like uh, i agree like most of what you said like um you know mako been this just absolute legend of a sort of japanese female wrestler brings a lot of those japanese wrestling aspects to it you know like the stiff as fuck strikes like her kicks looked incredible the whole way through and you could hear them like from three buildings away like um but like the one bit i saw disagree with is the commentators like i personally wasn't a very big fan of the commentators on this although i feel a lot of it is more to do with the audio quality of the commentators because, like, their mics peaked super bad every time they yelled. And, like, you know, that's so easy to avoid. Oh, uh, <laughs> I didn't yeah. even notice that, to be honest. I was more focusing on, like, the reason why I made a positive note for them and I liked them this match was because uh, they, for just their, um, what's the word, enunciation was great. Like, I could tell most what they were saying. A lot of times some people I mean, get so British. excited. Well, yeah, some people get so excited uh, that they're, like, slurring words or with accents and stuff I couldn't tell. And this one, I actually, in my notes, I have names for the moves because they told me every time they did something cool, they told me what it was. Which, as a newbie wrestling fan, I appreciate that. Like, maybe for you that goes more unnoticed because you already know the names of, like, all these moves. You don't need to be told what they are. In but, fairness, that is something I always appreciate on commentary. It's one of the reasons I really like Excalibur, who does AW and PWG commentary, because he names fucking everything. Like, ah. he knows the m- name of every move. Well, Whereas it's one of the things I always complain about on WWE, is that they'll be like, oh, a big move there. Yeah, and it's like, well, oh, what, is what it? a submission. Oh, what a move. It's like, they particularly, names. it's like Use your them. job as a commentator is if someone magically went blind or was unable to watch the match had to just listen to the audio they should be able to try and have a picture of what's going on and when you just say things like that how are they supposed to know this one i felt like if i wasn't watching given i don't know the names of the moves but even the way they still 
mention some of it or describe. Like, I still felt like I could have got a pretty good picture of the, the arc of the match, at least, from these commentators, if not the specifics. But the one the male commentator did have one absolutely fantastic line. So you know how <laughs> the emergency number in the UK is nine nine nine? Yeah. He had a line of commentary where Mako did a super coast kick out and he went two point nine 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 called a paramedic. Yeah. <laughs> he transitioned from like two point nine into like nine 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 called a paramedic. Yeah. Holy cow, that was a good line. That yeah, that was pretty funny. I don't I know that. if that was intentional, but if it was, props. <laughs> <laughs> if it was, then good improv, good improv. But yeah, no, yeah. Overall, I really enjoyed watching this match, and I like both those wrestlers. Like I'd watch them wrestle more. Um. Yeah, like like I say, Mako is sort of an absolute legend in women's wrestling. I did not know, know I mean? that. Um. So. Uh, interesting thing for you is uh, WWE have this tournament they do sometimes called the May Young Classic mm-hmm. and they've, they've done two of it and it's like an all women's wrestling tournament where they bring in like non-WWE stars yeah. you know to have this big tournament and then sign some of them afterwards to stay on at WWE okay. but like they'll bring in people that aren't WWE wrestlers and have them wrestling WWE just for this tournament and the first one was really good and then the second one they upped the game because they fucking brought in Mako Satomura for the tournament. People, cool. like, when they announced that they were bringing Mako Satomura to wrestle in the WWE ring, people, like, lost their fucking minds. You know what I mean? Like, Okay, because like, my first few notes actually kind of touch on this because, again, as someone who doesn't know much, there are so many quotes, like, this is a talked-about match in the pro wrestling world. Um... Uh, and then they mentioned she's regarded as the greatest wrestler in the world today. I have lots of notes like, is it though? Really? Just because I don't know. And again, it goes to show how I feel like I'm learning things, but how much of the wrestling world I still have yet to know. Because at first I was like, I don't believe them. I think they're overhyping this just to try and make it sound important. But never mind. Okay, at least one of these wrestlers is very well known and very important. And I just had no idea. Yeah, Kayla Ray's good, but she's, you know, not on that sort of level. You know what I mean? Um, Whereas Mako, like say, is legitimately sort of legendary. So then how do you feel about the fact that Kaylee won if Mako is like a legend? Um... So I get what they're trying to do. Like, Mako, been a legend, has transitioned into legend role really well because she uses her position as a legend to put over up-and-coming talent, which is Mm -hmm. what legends should do, you know what I mean? Which is something WWE doesn't get as well because they just have their legends beat up. They have non-active wrestlers beat up their active roster, you know, which is like... (laughs) A little odd here. Um... But, like, she uses the fact she's a legend to, you know, put over young up-and-comers and stuff like that. You know, she gives people a win. It's like when she was in the Mae Young Classic, the second one, she was used as, like, the final boss of the tournament. You know what I mean? Like, she was the one that they were all there to beat. So when someone finally did beat her, it was huge. You know, it was a cool moment. Um... So I get what they were trying to do, you know, trying to give, you know, Kaylee a win to get her over and stuff. And I also get how they booked it. They were like, okay, what we'll do is we'll give Kaylee the win via, like, a quick surprise roll-up while Mako's in charge of the match. Because then Kaylee gets the win, 
but Mako still looks strong because she wasn't like... It's not like Kayla hit her with a finisher and pinned her clean in the middle of the ring. You know, it was like a sneaky little roll-up. Yeah. So I get that what they were going for with give Kayla the win while still making Mako look strong. But I don't personally think they executed it very well, mainly because of, like, the last couple of seconds of the match. But we'll get to that when we, you know, get there in the notes. Okay. Because that's the other thing, too. And also, my normal my normal way of predicting, uh, my note early on was, uh, Mako has stronger start, so Kaylee will win if n- my normal metric system is correct, basically. And it was, for now. So... Also, I love the fact that Mako apparently has different entrance music that, like, means something. It's like, oh, which version is it gonna be? Everyone played. They're like, this is big match Mako. I'm like, I don't know if I love or hate this. Because I'm like, well, but then what do you mean? There's music she has that's like, oh, this is my weaker music. Like, oh, I'm just, I'm a bit tired today. Or, oh, I'm just, today's less important. Like, I was like, but then what's the other theme mean? This seems odd. But I, I like those variations, but I don't understand the purpose it serves. I guess it'll be like, um, like sort of Finn Balor with his like demon mode, where like most of the time he's normal mode, but then if he like is in a big feud with someone and he's got like a massive pay per view match against him, he'll just come out in demon mode and go ham. <laughs> so it's not that she has like a I'm not trying mode and a I'm going hard mode. It's like. Her normal mode is badass anyway, but then when she really feels it's a massive match that she really needs to win, she, like, steps up another gear. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. It does. I still just... I guess I just don't know if I like that decision or not, or how I feel about it. I need time to decide. That's one of the things I like about how, like, Finn Balor does it with his demon mode, is that it's not just a, like... With him, it's not even the theme song that changes. He comes out looking totally different, acting totally different, yeah. and uses different moves. So it's like it's like a total character switch, you know what I mean? You know? Mm-hmm. My, my next notes before we even got to the wrestling was, uh, it looks like they set up, for a smaller space, they set it up really well. The place looked packed. The crowd like was still noticeably... It's a smaller venue, but it didn't look... Like the crowds and the crowd was still really, really enthusiastic, excited. They livened up the room, um, but also the ring looked smaller than a normal wrestling ring. Is that just smaller venue, or was it a trick of camera angles, or was it actually? Do you know if the ring was the same size as a normal wrestling ring? So this ring, like in most indies, the rings are a lot smaller. Than somewhere like WWE or AEW or out like that. Okay. They actually have bigger rings than like most. It this, this ring was like standard sort of indie size ring. You know okay. What I mean? So there's just... no rules or regulation about the size of it, to, like really per se. Uh no, not really. Okay. So so this was all standard indie size, but yeah, when you're used to watching like say WWE with a massive ring, it yeah. you know ends up looking. Tiny comparison. I guess part of it too is like when you're in bigger venues, you need a bigger ring just so people on the nosebleeds still have something to see and look at. It's not just lost in the sea of people. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you are right. It was smaller. It wasn't just like camera trickery or anything. It was legitimately a smaller ring. Okay. Not crazy. Good. (laughs) Another note before, like from before the match that I have is like the Eve as a promotion and very like sort of punk and hardcore inspired. 
Like, yeah. they've got the sort of punk-looking logo. They've got the, like, luminous green ropes. Yep. They've got signs hanging off the sides saying, like, revolution isn't a one-time event. Yeah, I saw They're, that. They're, like, ring of announcers, like, has piercings and, like, short, dyed hair. Yep. You know, like, very punky, and I like it. Yeah, it's an aesthetic I can totally get behind. Dig it. And speaking of aesthetics, I liked also the gear that they were both wrestling in. I thought they looked legit, two very different styles. Oh, the coat that Kaylee Ray was wearing when she entered was badass. Like, not, you know, like Okada Rainmaker level coat, but it was still pretty epic. I was like, I want this coat. I'd wear that. And just look like a baller walking around the street. And then uh, Mako's outfit clearly, uh, it's like, if it wasn't obvious that I'm a Japanese wrestler or from like an Asian promotion, it is now. And this is just my, cause I go, I go to Vegas every year for work and I've seen the Cirque du Soleil show there called Ka like many, many times. I was like, she looks like a performer in Ka. She would totally not be out of place on that stage with her outfit. Just as a random note. But yeah, both looked badass. I don't think any of them looked overly like sexy or anything like Kaylee obviously had more exposed but it was still like the like the little like briefs she was wearing were clearly never like they never rode up like her butt during the match they were still very like functioning and her little like sports bra thing but it still looks like it looked just like a kind of slightly more stylish sports bra that a lot of women would just go to the gym and like sports bra and shorts to work out in but like a bit fancier and I liked it. Also, n- random note for you. She, with, with her, her build, her, like, skin tone, her face, and her long, like, reddish hair, I was just, whole time I kept thinking, she looks like Sage. Like, our friend Rocket Sage from Twitch. The whole time. Most people listening, you'll have no idea who that is, but I just kept thinking it was, like, Sage in the ring. Yeah, one, one thing I noticed, like, is how much of an absolute star Mako comes across as. Like, the crowd is singing along to her theme music. She comes out wearing this elaborate, regal-looking yeah. robe. She carries herself like an absolute boss. The commentators are, are putting over how awesome it is just to even have her there, never mind wrestling, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she just seems like... Like, even if you didn't know that she was, like, a legend, you know what I mean? Like, she just emits star power. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like she exudes star power. Also, I feel like this match, I could not tell you just from watching who was in theory like a, a face or a heel. I guess just because of Mako's legendary status, she might be the face, but that's more not so much about the way she wrestled and that's purely just because she clearly has reputation. But I actually really liked that there wasn't because I also felt like I would have been happy with either outcome. Like I was just excited to watch. I didn't really care who won. And that's kind of cool. And I'm pretty sure this was a face versus face match. I'm okay. pretty sure neither of them were heels. You know that would I mean? make sense. Because neither of them did anything that seemed very heel-ish at any point either. It was just very above-board wrestling, and, yeah, which I one, like. There was one moment where, like, Kayla Ray tried to sneak up on Mako. But it's like, but she's in the biggest match of her fucking life going up against a legend. Yeah. Like, she's going to try, you know what I mean? She was gonna Yeah, like, try take every shot costs. you can, yeah. dude. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, I was like, though, even though it was clear that Mako is such a legend, there are times you could hear the crowd cheering for Kaylee as well, which I liked. I like that they're both getting support just because, again, I'm very much, I just want everyone to eat a cake made of rainbows and be happy. I, I like that when they're both getting, because it always is a bit sad, unless they're like, you know, an absolute heel villain you're supposed to hate. But if they're both like decent characters, it's always a little bit sad when they're such a clear 
Like, like the crowd just gives zero fucks for one of them. Like, I would feel bad for that person. So, I, I really liked, liked um, how insanely hot the crowd was before yeah. the start of this match. Like, they were singing along to Mako's theme. They started chanting, this is awesome. Just before anyone was before, even... Yeah, before yeah. anyone was even wrestling. The two wrestlers hand shook and the crowd, like, erupted. Like, Yep. And I could see a lot more women in the crowd this time. I feel like... It might have been because it's a women's match, so I'm just, my brain's looking for it more. Like, I realize there's various levels of bias here, but at least I felt like there was more noticeable women in the crowd this time, I mean, which was nice. I mean, with it an all-female promotion, it'd make sense for yeah. them to have a lot of female fans, you know? Yeah. It's sort of logical. Yeah. So then, starting again, like, Mako had that stronger start, so I guessed Kaylee would win. I was right. An overall note for the whole match, all the, like, kicks and the chops and the punches... They were intense. Like, almost every time there's anything to the chest, like, my boobs hurt watching. I'm just like, ow, 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 ow. That looks, that looks that's, not fun. That's the Japanese influence, you know. Yeah, and I could strikes. hear. There was one time. Let me see if I can find the note. Um, Oh, yeah. It was, I just wrote, oh, shit. I heard that slap from Kaylee. Like, it, it, like, echoed around the ring. It was, like, a third of the way in. There's just a big old, like, borderline bitch slap. And I was just like, oof, oof, buddy. No, not holding back then that the, like that note comes up a few times i'll just say it now any of the overall like fisticuffs was just top tier and made me i felt the impact which is good and from the start i like when i was kind of like bought into and was like oh this is gonna be a good match to watch was mako and kaylee at first submission and kaylee just does the full-on from lying on the ground knees up and basically does like a, a, a headstand like just raw core strength legs up and then raises her abs and just like straight up in the air to then like bring them down and kind of roll out of it and then like bridge out of it i was like oh boy i i feel fat and lazy watching this god it's like a circus person doing that and it was pretty cool also the commentators mentioned that kayla ray competed in a tournament run by eve called the she won yeah <laughs> A and, the, and of this New was called G One. Yeah, and this was called the Wrestle Queendom instead yeah, of like Wrestle Kingdom, Queendom. like the puns top yeah. tier, top just tier. Take puns. take all New Japan's event names and just replace them with female names, like ten out of ten naming system. Heck yeah! <laughs> and then and then of course the first like Mako did some like uh, there's move she does cartwheels into moves which is like I've never I never genuinely thought I would see a cartwheel the thing that I was attempted, someone attempted to teach me to do at like six years old in my gymnastics lessons that only lasted for four months. Not a thing I would expect to see in wrestling, but like it worked. She didn't land the cartwheel move that first time. It kind of backfired journey, but later she landed a cartwheel to like slamming down her leg onto Kaylee or something. And I was like, oh, I see now. I see where that fits in. And it was kind of interesting. You know, a combining of worlds, gymnastics and wrestling. I mean, like, it makes sense as a move. is like, rather than just sort of, like, jumping and landing your knees on them, you, like, cartwheel and then slam your knees down onto them. You know, it gives it a bit of extra oomph. Yep. And the first time any of them got up on the ropes, I also liked that it took a bit of time. Because I always find it, and some of the bigger promotions will say it seems a bit fast-paced or a bit unrealistic when people are like climbing up the ropes because usually like any moves from top ropes are like finisher-esque or close to that level like they're some of the the standout moments as when people try and get to them right away 
it feels a bit rushed and it feels just like I don't buy into as much. So this one, by the time we got the first one, it, it was only from the second rope, not the top rope. And I liked that she, Kaylee did a quick like vamp up of the crowd, but still didn't feel like she was there for a long time, like too long that Mako had exorbitant amounts of time to escape or like hit her or like do something it was just, I liked the setup. All the setups in general for Moose's were very fluid and very smooth and very quick. None of them felt overly long, like, compared to WWE or something, where it takes them, like, a decade to set up when someone's just lying on the floor waiting mm-hmm. for it, you know? There was an especially awesome moment where, like, talking of the sort of getting into Moose, slick, you know, in slick ways and stuff, where Kaylee pinned Mako, and Mako broke out the pin, and Kaylee instantly turned the kick out into a submission move yeah it's like that's the sort of shit i love i hate it when someone kicks out and the person just sits there going like oh my god i can't believe yeah they just sit there having a temper tantrum it's like (laughs) i just go hit them with another move like yeah it's like they're still tired they probably just use their energy to kick out of that like go keep going why why give them the break right why let up so i liked it and then that first hold that Kay got on Mako looked pretty, but it was like she had an arm and a leg, like using both the hold around her neck and her head coming out of there looked pretty legit. And she only got out because her foot touched the rope. And then, and again, like the, the, my favorite part about this match is just how quickly they got into these moves. Half of them is like, I didn't have time to see or predict the setups, like things just happened. So like that next, the spinning wheel kick from Mako came out of nowhere and was so fast. And then right after that, she went right into a DDT and then a cartwheel that she landed. And I know all these because I could hear the commentators say it. But <laughs> there was like three things like in quick succession. And that's really, really cool. I really liked, you know, going back to the submission as well, where she kicked out, she got out by putting her foot on the rope. I really liked as well how it really seemed like it was like, so often when people are in a submission on the floor and they sort of have to crawl to the ropes, it just looks like the person on the top is just letting them crawl. You know, it's like, there's there's no way they could do that by themselves, the other person's letting them do it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But this time, it really seemed like it was Mako just legitimately struggling to get to the bottom rope. She was proper kicking her legs like crazy, yeah. you know? And I that plus that. the smaller ring makes me buy yeah. into that a lot more. I, I agree, yeah, for sure. And that kind of also was a note all around. All the submissions seemed like they had to work a lot harder to get out of them. Like, no one was letting them. Like, even the very first one, when Kaylee started pulling the, like, acrobatics to get out. Like, a full-on shoulder stand into a bridge, and then rolling. Like, she was pulling out all sorts of tricks. So, no one is giving anyone any, like, leeway in this match. And that's why it was really fun to watch. And then again, I did, my next one was just general. There's lots of athleticism with these ladies. It's more than just, like... A lot of men's wrestling, and while still very impressive, is a lot of just raw strength and power kind of thing. And there is more of that downtime, whereas this seemed there's the agility as and the tackling as well as the raw strength and power. Because some of the moves, like they, they, there was quite a lot of like moves that had bomb in the name where they were like lifting each other and throwing each other to the ground, much like watching men's wrestling while doing other things. So in general, that's just not just for them. That's a general note I have so far or a trend I'm noticing in women's wrestling overall. So I think I, why I like it more and they tends to score higher in my star ratings. Would you agree? Um, no, <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, you know, I, I tend to like the sort of wrestling I tend to watch though for like men's, like my personal preference 
is you know like the quick athletic stuff it's stuff like young bucks you know ricochet neville you know i really like my flippy stuff and like for example when we get to tag team wrestling i get to show you the pwg six-man tag that thing goes a million miles a second you know what i mean like that thing never stops moving you know and i think like Especially when we get to tag team wrestling, you know, you'll see a lot more of that from the men's because tag team wrestling okay. tends to be a lot more athletic and less just yeah power based. You know what I mean? So I All think, right. like I say, when we get to tag team, you'll see a lot more of that from the men's side, like with the young bucks just doing crazy flippy stuff nonstop the whole match. <laughs> it's like what the f- yeah. So I think that's maybe because, like for example, and, like so I, it's maybe I, just bias of the matches we've watched so far. Yeah, then probably because I, I, if you remember, I actually said one of my big regrets was that when I showed you PWG, I showed you um, Keith Lee versus Donovan Dijak because it got like five star rating from Meltzer. So it's sort of you know in that in theory it's the best match you know PWG's had, but. I sort of regret, like, and it is a crazy match just because you don't see big men doing that athletic stuff. Yeah. You know, like, they shouldn't be able to at their size. But I said I regretted showing you that as the example of PWG because it was slow. It was two big men. Although they were doing crazy athletic stuff, it was very slow paced because yeah. they're so big and there's a lot of just big power stuff. But what PWG is all about most of the time is like the crazy athletic, fast paced, non stop action. So I don't feel that was sort of like a good representation of PWG. But, you know, I can't change that. That's in the past, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm sure we'll watch more matches from them, and who knows? Maybe my opinion will change. We'll see. Um, Oh, also, my next note on this match is there are various times where both of them were going towards, like, the ropes or climbing somewhere, or, like, just basically setting up for moves, and the other person wouldn't let them whether it was just something small like a kick or thing or a full-on some sort of counter or like escape but i liked it because again i like to see when people are learning from the match as they go and like learning their opponents kind of uh like move list and their general tactics and also just from a believability standpoint it just makes me it's a lot easier to suspend my disbelief because, like, why would you let yourself get hit, you know? So, overall, I felt like, at least I got the vibe that they were adapting throughout the match. And they were paying attention to their opponent's moves and styles and stuff. And then only towards the end, when I'm out, it started to feel a little bit repetitive because there was, like, multiple Death Valley bombs, multiple Gory bombs. I'm like, alright, try something new. But then, right as I was starting to get annoyed by it... Like, um, Mako went for another one and then Kaylee Ray had some sort of, like, counter or, like, slip out of it. I'm like, all right, thank you. Now I'm not as annoyed by it. Because, again, it shows paying attention, adapting, learning, and, like, just more dynamic wrestling than we're going to keep doing these flashy moves because there are, like, signature until you're too tired to fight them. Okay, so this is where my problem with the match comes in, right? Is the reason they started just spamming gory bombs and their Fally bombs is because that's each wrestler's finisher, right? But this isn't an Okada Omega 65-minute, you know, all-time classic. This is like a, you know, 20-minute match, 
for, you know, Eve. Like, and I, I dislike the idea of them, like, because they both kicked out. Like, clean just kick out, not even touching the ropes. Yeah. Of each other's finisher. And it's like, that just makes the finisher look weaker in every match going forwards. You know, like, you've just damaged your finisher. You know? See, I don't mind, though, because I just hate the whole idea and the reliance of finishers in general and i feel I like mean, wrestling should just move away from that period because it because like, it's such an obvious annoying cue to us watching like oh someone's pulling out a finisher this is gonna be over soon because even if they kick out of this one it's we're, they only bring this out around the end like they won't kick out of one a few things from now so i don't mind personally at all that I this mean, happened i mean like i i agree with that and it's like one of my one of the things i've really liked about watching AEW now that their tv show has started up is that wrestlers will win smaller matches with their not finishers it's like holy shit but, what a revolutionary uh, yeah. idea like, well you know? also i think this one it doesn't make them weaker because the crowd and the commentators went nuts when they both kicked out of these and that i think added to the like this should not have happened this is insane this is some sheer willpower and like strength here like i don't feel like the moves seem weaker because it was made evident that this is a big deal to have kicked out of it counterpoint Kayla Ray took a Death Valley bomb on the apron. The oh, uh, yeah, the I skipped over that, but I did make a note of then it. I was going to go back to it. she kicked out of a Death Valley bomb in the ring. Then she took a second Death Valley bomb and kicked out of that as well. She took three, one of them in the apron, and still kicked out. At that point, it does make it look weak. You know, like, if it was just one and she kicked out of it at, right at the end of the match, that could be a hype moment. But when you're, like, just sort of spamming it over and over again and she's still kicking out... It's like, okay, well, that move clearly can't end matches anymore. Well, then, counter to that, like, so this isn't a Okada-Omega 65-minute match. It was a 20-minute. So she also has gone a lot less. Like, usually you wouldn't see kickouts because those finishers come out at the end of longer matches. So you could also say she would have more left in the tank than the average wrestler when these no, moves come out, right? No, because most matches do go 20 minutes. Like, most matches aren't 60 minutes. Well, I'm just going <laughs> off of the, the quote you literally used yeah. minutes ago. I don't have the thing, so that would be um, my response to that. And then another thing that really bugged me is, you know, I was saying it like makes the finishes seem weaker. Is there's a bit where Kaylee Ray hits her second gory bomb of the match. The first one got kicked out of, obviously. And then starts climbing up to the top rope. And Mako just springs to her feet and kicks her in the face. Like she just got hit with a finishing move and just like jumps up to her feet and kicks the other person in the face. You know, it's, it wasn't even like a tired kick out of a pin. She literally just hopped to her feet. Eh. I don't really care. Because again, I just... The principle of finishers, I think, is a very stale, outdated, and like telegraphing in a bad way to the audience thing. So I don't care at all. It still yeah, like, looked cool. And like I said, it was also like Kaylee got the win. Like again, with a kind of sneaky... Like she literally just very quickly kind of like slipped or twisted out and got like kind of a surprise um pin and then i bought into the fatigue and the chocolate because like i said they've been hit by multiple finishers so both are feeling it by now um like i say in my in an ideal world like if if wrestling was my dream fantasy world where i controlled how it, you know worked <laughs> in my mind like wrestlers would have a sort of like finisher they'd have like a signature finisher move like Omega's one winged angel, right? But it would be reserved for big time matches, like title matches, and would be used as sort of like a last resort. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. But then if they were having regular TV matches, they'd, you know, win it with everything. Because in theory, you don't need your finishing move for just like a regular TV match. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's like my logic of how it should sort of, you know, be. Um, but like I say, I like the idea of if that's the case, then those finishers like, like Omega's one-winged angel should be protected. Still to this day, no one except for Kota Ibushi in the five-star match we watched has ever kicked out of a one-winged angel. You know, like 10 years later, still nobody has kicked out of it. Like, if, so if you are going to do finishers in my mind, you should at least, you know, protect them like that. Like, at least make them actually mean something, you know? Make them a finisher, like, you know, the name says. Like, <laughs> I guess. But then, like, we're never going to move away from them being so overused if we don't, like... Could this not, the way they were using this match, could this not be how, like, we get away from that? How we distance ourselves from the overuse of them and the spamming of them, basically? Like, how, it's not a change that's going to happen overnight. So how would you suggest, then, to either get rid of them or then do that? Like, it's it's a hard thing to do, I guess. Yeah, like I say, I, fi- uh, I think AEW are doing it sort of right, where they pe- people still use their finishes, but they use it in, like, you know bigger matches like when they do pay-per-view matches they'll finish it with a finisher or if it's like a really close tournament match or something they'll use a finisher yeah but a lot of their just regular tv matches have ended with non-finishers like uh like on last night's episode the young bucks won a tag match they win with one of their moves called more bang for your buck (laughs) like they haven't won a match with that move in years you know what i mean yet here they are winning a match with it because you know it's a tv match you shouldn't have to resort to your like finisher for a tv match like yeah and then just backtracking a bit because i got ahead of myself like you mentioned the the move in the apron all the stuff that was done in the apron was nice and i liked also the bit of commentating that was going on there because it gave me a bit of insight because i guess we're talking a lot about how this is like kaylee ray's territory i guess she is known for like moves in the apron or getting her opponent outside the ring and then when mako's like giving it right back like when she does the death valley driver slamming k into like the ring which hurt my back physically to watch like and them talking about how that's a cool like twist and then, like i i liked that little bit of i guess insight to the char- to the characters because I don't know anything about them and just everything that was done out there it was also a good balance of like kind of dramatic other but I also didn't feel like they spent too long out there it was a good amount of time it was enough for some fun some drama some really intense moves but then they got back in the ring and got back to like doing their job it wasn't a lot of times I find the stuff outside the ring can either go really well or it goes really bad for me and it really gets me like it turns me off the match but this didn't bug me at all so there's a bit where they're outside of the ring, right? And Kaylee sort of goes to do like a DDT to the floor on Mako, right? But Mako pushes out of it and like pushes Kaylee into the banister, but then just sort of like falls flat on her face to the wooden <laughs> floor. And it made me laugh, not gonna lie. Clearly, I did not find it as funny because I don't exactly remember the moment you're talking about but i'm sure it was great like the main thing that sticks out from their time outside was that part where um 
uh, Mako did the Death Valley driver to Kaylee on the edge because that just looked gnarly. And that's yeah, like that all that's in so my mind. <laughs> also, I love the part they're talking about, the commentators talking about the metal barricades. Being like, those are hard, those hurt. I'm like, yes, I know. I have many bruises from those barricades. Because we use those at um, the film festival for like setting up the red carpets and crowd barriers and stuff. So if they are the exact same crowd barriers as the ones we use, yeah, they really hurt. And they're heavy suckers. Do you enjoy the thought of being thrown into one by another human? I know. So every time it happens, that's also one that like my whole body just kind of recoils a bit because... I can ma- imagine exactly how that would feel. It's not a fun time. Not a fun time. It's also, I, I like... In, sorry, go on. I, was, I also like that towards the end of the time outside the ring, we saw the ref counting and he got up to like eight or something. And then when they came back in, the ref like was checking in with at least Kaylee. I don't think he checked in with Mako. But I'm like, again, I like when the refs are at least a little bit active at some point. They're not just like ornamentation. They're not just there. It makes me feel like they have a purpose for being there. It's always weird how in wrestling, oftentimes, like, it's the much simpler moves that get a more sort of visceral reaction out of people. Because, like, when someone does, like, a big swinging DDT or a Hurricane Rana or something, it's like, I have no earthly idea how that would feel to take, you know, yeah. or anything. Like, I have no exactly. idea how much that'd hurt. But when you see one of these spots where someone just gets thrown into a barricade, it's like, yeah, I can imagine how much that hurt, you know? Or, like, whenever they do the flying, like, the suicide dive, just a person flying. Because all of us have had a person, like, fall into us or just, like, stumble into us, and that still hurts, let alone when someone's intentionally flying at you. So There's a spot a wrestler called, like, Pete Dunn does where he just, like, grabs people's fingers and, like, pretends to, like, break them. And that always gets, like, a huge reaction because, like, everyone can imagine how much it hurt for someone to just grab your finger and twist it sideways. Like, Mm, everyone can imagine that, you know? Even just describing it, I'm just like, eh, ow, ow. And also certain body parts, when they get targeted, you'll always feel like any time in a movie, if I see anyone go for anyone's eye, my eyes immediately water and I, like, cover my eyes because it's just, like, such a visceral thing. And everyone's gotten something, particularly... All makeup users have stabbed themselves in the eye with mascara or eyeliner more times than they can count. And that hurts a lot, let alone when someone's like, you know, going for like a gouge or something. So, but yeah. And that my last notes, because again, now skipping back to the end, because we kind of jumped to it and then went back to the outside part. There was the, I liked seeing the standing ovation from the crowd. I'm sure we have seen that before. Maybe the crowds just weren't as, like, lit up. I didn't notice. But this is the first time I at least feel like I've noted it or been aware of it. Also, a lot of, like, the really sort of big special matches we've watched were in Japan, where that's just sort of... That's not what they do over in Japan. Like, we've seen crowds in Japan in response to, like, the Omega Okada matches or Omega Ibushi, like, literally crying in their chairs. Yeah, but but not standing. But didn't give a standing ovation. You know what I mean? It's just cultural difference really. yeah so that was kind of cool to see from the crowd and i liked at the end like they had a moment they're both like tired they're both exhausted they're both in pain and by the time they both get up kaylee goes for a handshake mako like rejects it and i'm like oh there's gonna be some sort of like beef and it's because mako then bows rather than handshake to her, i guess again playing back hearkening back to the J- new japan ties or japanese wrestling maybe not new japan and stuff like that um 
And I thought that was kind of cool. Again, I'm sure you probably might not like it, given what you said earlier about Mako being such a legend and being oh, no, used to I, put I, over I, Like Kaylee. I say, I, I like that she puts over younger wrestlers. Oh, okay, okay. You know, I just, the reason, the problem I had with this match was just like mainly, you know, it was that sort the of finisher spam yeah. at the end, you know. Because like, if she'd have like taken one finisher and then like say when Mako went for the pin, just did like a quick roll up, I think that would have been a better finisher, finish than her yeah. kicking out of three finishers, Mako kicking out of two, and literally no selling the second one. Literally yeah. no selling it. Like that yeah. just sort of rubbed me the wrong way. Like yeah, I also liked it because it felt a bit more authentic, and neither neither of them seemed very over the top when it was happening. It kind of like reminded me of that the match we watched with um. Asuka, and then at the end when Asuka was like, you were ready for Asuka when she lost, because her normal thing is like, you're not ready, right? But that was still a bit cheesy and a bit like forced, whereas this didn't feel that way. This felt a bit more authentic. And I like that it, this was more about respect and effort put in and not like that one time we watched the like Sasha Banks band match. It's like, oh, we're girls. Let's hug it out. Let's be friends now, even though we had like this bitter feud and I called you like a dumbass bitch to your face and like, et cetera, et cetera. You and know? like I said earlier, although Kaylee Ray got the win, it's definitely Mako that comes out sort of looking stronger because she was in control at the end of the match. Yeah, like and most the match, of the match. She wasn't, you know, as beat up and she walked off, whereas Kayla Ray straight after like the bow sort of just slumped into the ropes again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it was a good way of being like a respectful ending and promoting, you know, sportsmanship and all good attitudes, but without feeling um artificial, basically. Yeah, and like I say, I, do, I think that re- like when you become like a legend in wrestling, this is what you should do is put over younger talents, you know what I mean? Like, you shouldn't be like this unbeatable legend. Like, you shouldn't be like, oh, the legend always wins because they're a legend, you know? like Exactly. You should be using that like legend status to, you know, promote other people and put them, you know, give them a leg up, you know? Absolutely. Well, I, th- I think we've gone through basically all of my notes because it was like a shorter ish match but yeah i really liked it and like i think the the main thing that was taking away those last little bit of star marks for me like i did definitely feel like the finishers did get repetitive at the end like you said but the thing that saved it for me was the fact that then after it happened a few times kaylee found that way to like slip out and roll up as she was getting ready for another one. So I felt like she was learning from it and adapting rather than just letting it happen. So that's... Because for me, it wasn't... I didn't realize those were their finishers. So that's why it didn't bug me. It just bugged me that it felt like there was repetition happening and that the wrestlers weren't adapting to this move. But other than that, I thoroughly enjoyed what we watched today. Yeah, I uh, enjoyed the match. I don't think as much as you, but, um, you know, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, especially like say they're just stiff as fuck strikes they just looked so good and sounded so good um but yeah it was a good match like i say there's there were some production quality things that bugged me like um the the, the levels were off again nowhere near as bad as last time <laughs> but the, the ring stuff was still noticeably quieter than the commentators i think the reason i maybe didn't notice is because again my good headphones broke a little while ago so i am using like 
a bit of a subpar inferior ones and the sound quality on my headphones is noticeably not as good as my other headphones so maybe that's also why like the the clipping mics and stuff didn't bother me so much yeah maybe um but yeah um yeah that's i think all we have to say on this match then um so next time we will be watching stardom which is the major japanese women's wrestling promotion they're not the only one but they are certainly the biggest by quite a bit uh, i don't know what match we'll be watching yet i'll have to you know research and stuff and check a few out see what that name sounds very watch. promising i'm excited mm-hmm. yeah um so we'll check out stardom and move over to sort of japanese women's wrestling and i think after stardom we might watch like maybe we'll see how it goes but maybe just like one other japanese women's or maybe even stop after stardom because we've been on women's wrestling it feels like forever you know what i mean like we've been on women's wrestling longer than we were on men's already so i don't want to spend sort of too long I mean, um, I'm not complaining. Yeah. But I, get, I get where I get where you're coming from. Yeah, we still got so much more to watch, you know. And I kind of really want to get to the sort of open-ended bit where we can just watch, you know, whatever. That'll be cool and fun. Um, and also, like after the first two sort of companies in J- Japanese women's wrestling, there's a pretty big drop off to the third biggest, you know. Anyway, like after Stardom, there's a pretty big drop off to second place. Anyway, so. Um. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. You know, we'll see how we feel after watching the stardom match, you know? Yeah, yeah, sounds um, good. Keep an eye out for you guys. Uh, If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, it is MAM Wrestling. If you want to follow Laura personally on Twitter, it is LauraK483. You can follow me on Instagram at Hanzo Kurosawa. You can also follow us both on Twitch with the same names. If you have any questions at all or feedback or anything like that, just, you know, send them into Twitter and one of us will get back to you. Most likely me. Uh, Yeah. Thank you for listening.